This is Hallway Chats, where we meet people who use WordPress. We ask questions, and our guests share their stories, ideas, and perspectives. And now the conversation begins. This is episode 137. Welcome to Hallway Chats. I'm Liam Dempsey. And I'm Tara Clays. Today we're joined by Emily Hunkler. Emily is the Director of Growth at GoWP. She lives just outside Atlanta, Georgia with her two daughters and her husband. When not working, Emily loves running both on the road and trails. On weekends, she also loves hiking in the Blue Ridge Mountains. Welcome, Emily. Glad to see you today. Hi, happy to be here. We're really happy to have you join us. Thanks, Emily. How are you? And tell us a little bit more about yourself, please. Yeah, so um, thank you for having me. This is great. Um, I am, like you said, uh, live just outside Atlanta. Um, I have two daughters who are, one will be turning four in November and the other one's 16 months. So that is a lot of what defines me these days, I'd say. <laughs> um, when, apart from that, I, yeah, I'm the director of growth at GoWP, handle all like the marketing stuff and community growth and um, customer success and that sort of thing. Um, my, I live here in Atlanta with my family, who's my two girls and my husband, Mark, who is from a small town outside Barcelona, Spain, where we previously were living for the last six years up until 2018, um, originally from Ohio. Um, and I think that, I mean, that sums me up at the moment, I'd say. (laughs) That's, uh, I was reminded of a guest we interviewed recently who, was it's from the UK and he's living in Spain as well. And um, so I want to ask you a little bit about that experience, what sent you there and what it was like being an expat. Seems like maybe a more popular thing than I knew of with having two guests on our show who both were expats in Spain or are or at one time were. Yeah, it's super popular in Spain specifically, I think too, because of like the weather, I guess, and cost of living and those sorts of things. Um, it's for me, it started, uh, I had previously been working at a newspaper up in the Adirondacks as a, as a newspaper reporter, um, worked there for a year and kind of just needed a change up. I don't know if it's the extreme winters that there are up there or or what, but I was looking for, for something new. Um, and originally went to Spain as an English language assistant in the public school system there. It's a program that their government runs. You can apply and they'll place you somewhere. Uh, I had requested Barcelona and they gave me Igualada, which is a town just outside Barcelona. So not quite what you asked for, but it all ended up great in the end. Um, And yeah, so I was there for one year doing that. Uh, Came back to the States and traveled, spent the next two years traveling through Central America and doing a, a travel blog on traveling Central America on $20 a day. And then decided that, I don't know if I decided or kind of just got tired of living on $20 a day. <laughs> and um, I had, well, I should say that I had met Mark, my husband, my now husband, the first year I was in Spain. And so two years later, I kind of decided to follow my heart and pursue that relationship further. But at the same time, kind of listening to my brain and enrolling in a digital marketing master's program there as well. So I had my bases covered in case things didn't work out one way or the other, but luckily they both did. So ended up staying there six years and having one daughter and getting married and um, it worked out great. And I love Spain. I would, I would 
go back in a second, although um, it's for me, it's kind of the, the work thing. So I'm able to get a more ideal work or job, I should say, here in the States that's really in line with what I want to do um, as opposed to the kind of jobs I was finding over there, which were great, but not exactly in line with, they weren't keeping me engaged as much as I, I, I would want, I guess I could say. Yeah. Are you, you work remotely though, correct? Or is I do work remotely. Yeah. So I guess in theory, I could just go back. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe your husband doesn't. I don't know. Yeah. But that's really interesting. $20 a day. I lived in Europe for a year. I lived in France and I remember also challenging myself um, out of necessity to live on even less than that. And, and also um, how much of that was made up of alcohol <laughs> at yeah. the time. <laughs> That's it. So the, yeah, the travel blog I had, it was for $20 a day in Central America. So it's much more feasible than doing that in Europe. But it all, the $20 a day always included like uh, one of those big beers that you can buy down yeah. there. That <laughs> was always cheap. included in the $20 a day budget. Yeah. <laughs> what an adventure. That's really, really neat. Uh, are you raising your children to speak Spanish and English both? Yes. So actually Spanish and Catalan. So my husband um, is a proud Catalan um, and his family, family and friends, everyone, basically they, obviously they all know Spanish and can speak it, but at home, at work and everything like that, they all speak Catalan. So it's important to him and and to me that they learn that as well. So he speaks to them in Catalan. Um, I speak to them in English and as, as they're so young right now, we have a nanny um, and she's Venezuelan and we um, pr- prioritize that to have her speak to them in Spanish. So yes, it is a, something that we're really prioritizing in their lives. That's a great gift to, to give your children the ability to, to have so many languages. And then inevitably, I, I imagine they will find picking up French and German and Italian or what other languages interest them as they grow much easier because their brain is used to that's a new word I can learn that word that's a new structure I can learn that that's fantastic yeah I think yeah I think so I'm it's yeah I think it's really important and it's so hard to learn a language when you're older so (laughs) it's good to learn it earlier (laughs) when when I moved back to the U.S. my family spent a number of years in the U.K. my wife and I and we had our two children there and when we moved back um my oldest was only going into kindergarten. So we went off to new parents night and uh, that was very different for us because we never had experienced U.S. educational systems as adults and as parents. And at the end of the kind of welcome to kindergarten, we went up to the, to the teacher and said, hey, we just moved back. We're from the U.S. But, you know, our daughter has never lived here and uh, she has an English accent and she will say words to you that you will understand the words, but that phrase means nothing to you. And you will say words to her and she will understand those words, but the phrase doesn't mean anything to her. So just, you know, give her a second. And the teacher looks at us and said, well, have you had her tested for ESL? English as a second language. <laughs> I looked at really? my wife like, okay, I'm going to start this over. <laughs> we just moved back from... England. Pending up a drop. So we, (laughs) (laughs) oh my, whatever. All right, moving on. The show's not about me. I just, I love telling that story. It's very, very, yeah, that's, that's, uh, your daughters are learning different languages. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
your uh, blog is uh, the $20 a day. Is that what started you into this sort of uh, digital world? Is that how you then pursued your digital marketing certificate or degree? It is. Yeah. So like I said, I, I, well, my, I didn't say this, but my undergrad was in journalism and I worked at a newspaper, like I said, um, and working at the newspaper, I, I mean, I, I loved it and I have the utmost respect for every journalist out there, but the pay is really low and the work is really hard. Um, and that just discouraged me, I guess I wasn't in it for the long haul and I wanted to kind of explore other things. Um, but so yeah, I, I did the traveling, the, the travel blog, and that was my first foray into um, WordPress, into you know building a website, into trying to get it out there, trying to promote it, get people to contribute and engage, all that kind of stuff. Um, so, so through that, I kind of realized, uh, I don't know if it was a passion at that point, but an interest at the very least in you know digital marketing and and those kinds of strategies and wanting to be able to do more there. So through that, I was like, okay, you know, let's, I always saw myself getting a master's degree in something and um, that just seemed felt right. So that's what I went for. Yeah. I like that. Were you able to earn $20 a day on your blog? What was your, no, you probably started never, as writing it and just to share and just to kind of learn, but were you able to, you know, to garner any kind of sponsorship or nothing? No. And to, to be honest, yeah, I didn't try too hard. So I mean, I didn't try hard. I didn't do anything. The, mo the most I did, like in terms of marketing for that was like putting stickers up in hostels and, and getting, and getting, doing partnerships, I guess you could say with hostels and saying, you know, if you book through and say, mention Border Tramp, Border Tramp was the name of the blog. If you mention Border Tramp, um, you'll get 10% off your diving certificate or you'll get, you know, 10% off this hostel or something like that. But in terms of myself earning anything, I never got to that point with it. So I did, I did garner definitely a following in the the blog still gets traffic and ranks for some things because nobody else has the bus schedule in Penas, Nicaragua for <laughs> like getting to the coast, you know? So people still hit it up for that. I don't, it's outdated. So if you're listening to this, do not trust that bus schedule. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I never, I never figured out the monetization of that blog. It's a passion project, I guess you could say. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's that's perfectly fine. I just wasn't sure where you took it. Not suggesting that you needed to take it in a in a single direction. It's still so that way though. Yeah. <laughs> like I could do so something was, with that. What was what was the tech side of things like in that? So if you're on twenty dollars a day, you're you're moving a lot. You're relying on other people's internet. I don't know exactly when you were doing this. If, if portable hotspots were a thing, or at least reliable. So how did you manage that from a, a tech standpoint? You had a laptop in a cord, but then what? Yeah, so it was a lot of mostly when I knew I'd be going to a location that would have more reliable internet. So not an island, um, somewhere that was more of a city setting, although I didn't go to, I didn't go to any like major cities. I didn't stay long in any major cities, but, you know, bigger towns where you could have a hotel room instead of a hostel that had a desk where you could work. And I would say, you know, okay, I'm going to spend three days in this town and just update the blog. And then, you know, I had all my notes that I, I had a notebook where I would take all my notes whenever I would get to a town, go around all the hostels, get prices, get, you know, information on that, take my pictures, have my little SD cards because I was still using like a digital camera then, you know, um, plugging in, doing all that kind of stuff. It was, two, when was it? It would have been 2000. 
12 and 2013, I guess, through those two years. Okay. So, so there so was you were taking very but, much a journalistic approach rather than just winging it as you go. Yeah. You were, you were, you were, it was, I mean, it was, it was a lot of work. I put a lot and, of work into it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. And it gave, you know, I, the, the main goal was me traveling, like the, you know, no two ways about that, but I wanted to also feel purposeful, I guess, in doing that. So that was yeah. the idea behind the blog. And you were alone. You traveled alone. I did some alone. I did a few trips with my dad, actually, who he loves it down there. He kind of, he's a old hippie from the 60s and 70s. So he spent a lot of time down there during those times. Um, and he kind of instilled that travel theory in me of, you know, taking local buses, doing it on the cheap, staying at hostels, getting to know people, not staying at the resorts and that kind of thing. You know, it's, we never did that growing up. Um, so yeah, I did a few trips with him. I did it one trip with my sister. Um, so what I would do is like go down for a couple, two or three months at a time, come back home, work, save up money, go back down, do it again, you know, start where I left off the last time. And I did a trip with, uh, an old neighbor of mine. So a childhood friend, we did a trip together cause she was in between jobs and she's like, Hey, are you doing this again? And I said, yeah, you want to come? She's like, yeah, I'm coming. So, and she actually was in the process of getting her MBA and turned it into um, something she could get course credit for. So that worked out great for her as well. Wow. That's great. What a great adventure. Some, uh, it's not your youth, young years you had. That's great. You have that yes. always in your <laughs> life to build upon and instill in your kids too. Have you been traveling with them? Um, I guess not right now during COVID. <laughs> not right now, but yeah, it's definitely something we try to do. So now that our family situation being that my husband's family is in Spain and my family's here, our vacations or, you know, days, yeah, vacations, you know, like days off, paid time off or whatever you want to call it. Right now we're really limited to like, we go to Barcelona or when we were living in Barcelona, we go to Ohio, those kinds of things. So we're trying to, as we kind of get settled and manage this better to do one trip that's there. And as work, my work's flexible, but he's an engineer. So through coronavirus, though, he, his job is realizing, oh, you don't have to be in the office. So we're hoping that maybe that will make his job a little bit more flexible, where we can maybe go to Barcelona and visit family, but still be working during that time, um, some of it, and not have to use all his, all his time off, you know? And then we can do a trip as a family somewhere else as well. So, yeah, it's definitely something that's we, we want to instill. That's definitely a challenge is when you live far away from family, having done that in the UK, it's, you know, the vacations became travel to see family and that's wonderful. But at some point it's like, we just want to go where somewhere and just do us. And, yeah. and, and, and so I get that. That's, that's a tough thing. And, but it's a big challenge. To, yeah. your, to your point, COVID-19 might be really beneficial with, you know, your husband's company and they realize maybe you don't need to be in the office five days a week and still do really valuable work. Maybe you can, live six months in Barcelona and six months in Atlanta or something like that. Yeah. A lot of yeah. opportunities there. I'm excited to see where that all comes together. Me too. <laughs> Especially being in a, a relationship where one of us is fully remote right now, both of us are, but one of us is fully remote and one of us is very tied to the nine to five office situation. So it's like, Oh, there's so much potential, but we can't realize any of it. So, yeah. Emily, I want to, I want to get into one of our signature questions with you if I can. And it's around success. And you've talked about, um, you know, your career a little bit. You shared with us about your family and, and your daughters and, and some of the things you're doing there and your husband. I want to ask you about your definition of success. 
maybe it's a, a personal definition, maybe it's professional, maybe it's both for you. Can you define success for us in your own words? Yeah, so I think this comes from, I actually learned about this. Um, I think we all know it, but I learned like the actual framework around it when I was doing my master's. Um, and it's the kind of the, the flow theory. I don't know if you're familiar with um, the author Mihai Cheek sent me high, I think is how you, that's not how you spell it at all. He's Hungarian. It's like Mihaly and then 17 consonants all in a row. Um, <laughs> but his, he wrote the book, uh, I think it's just called Flow. And it talks about the, the channel of productivity that is sandwiched in between anxiety and boredom. So for me, success is kind of an ongoing definition where I'm where I'm constantly feeling challenged, but at the same time, I'm feeling capable of overcoming that challenge. So, and that applies to my personal life. It applies to work, anything. So where I'm kind of constantly feeling engaged, right? Like I'm not just pressing buttons and pulling um, the levers and all of that, but actually there's a challenge. I know that I can figure out the solution. I can feel it inside me, but I have to figure it out. So making sure that Obviously, you don't have that all the time with every task in life, but making sure there's something going on, something that I'm working on somewhere in my life that has that kind of philosophy in it. That's an interesting approach. So it's kind of a, a stasis of sort, a stasis of uncertainty. And let me ask you then a, a question that immediately pops into my head. Uh, maybe that's two questions. How do you deal with when there's not enough certainty. You talked about there's kind of two ends. One is uncertainty and one is predictability. Maybe you got the word wrong, but it's kind of that somewhere in between. So how do you deal with when you're drifting one way or the other? What does that look like? What does that feel like? And what do you do to say, I got to get closer to that balance? I think, and you can pull from everywhere in life, right? So when I'm feeling like anxious or uncertain or stressed at work, um, and nothing's coming and it just keeps getting harder and more frustrating and I keep feeling more defeated or something. Um, then maybe, you know, I'll go for a run. I'll put it aside and I go for a run. And a lot of times for me, that helps a lot. Um, or, or maybe I'll go um, bake bread or something like that. Like go somewhere where there's something I can control. I know that I'm good at it. I know it'll make me feel good at the end. Maybe it won't bring the solution, but it'll bring my mental state back to stasis. And then I can take it on again, I guess. Having, um, I think we met running. So um, talk a little bit about how that works for you. Um, because I find that to get out and run, to do that when I have a lot going on is really hard because it's hard to stop for me to stop and to go do that. Once I'm out there doing it, it helps me. So do you, um, do you run harder? Do you challenge yourself more? How do you, how do you work that into this process? What is running? Yeah. I don't think, I don't think I ever necessarily run harder in that sort of situation. Whenever I run harder, it's more so like a running challenge. Like, Oh, I want to get faster. So I'm going to focus on running, but more so for me, running is kind of to refocus other parts. So I do run regularly. I try to go at least three times a week. Um, and sometimes while I'm on that run, I'll 
it's kind of, I don't know if it's like a meditation or what, but you know, thoughts come into your head, you start thinking and if the thoughts are going good, I'll just keep running and I'll run longer. For me, it's more of a distance thing. So if, if I feel like the run is being productive, um, I can, I'll maybe I'll run 10 K instead of the usual five K because I'm getting somewhere mentally with it, I guess. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that. I know in your intro, we talked about the fact that you enjoy running. So I wanted to have you talk about that a little bit too. Can you talk to us about what you do at GoWP and maybe how that also fits into this whole idea of, of being challenged and, and uncertainty and all of that? Yeah. So I've been with GoWP for almost two years now. Um, I'm the on the growth team. So that's me and Brad, our founder, and um, Kaylin as well, Kaylin White. Um, and we we, it's everything. It's marketing, it's customer success and it's sales. I don't do a whole lot on the sales end. Um, but I, I'm involved there. And for, for me, the challenge is always, we have a big community of, um, of our target audience kind of, if you want to call it that, but we have a Facebook group and we have them as, um, you know, partners in our, in our client portal. And it's always coming up with ways and new ideas of how to engage them and how to help them because I, I mean, I know like you probably always say this, but it really is the heart of our kind of marketing strategy is to help our agency owners and let them kind of be our evangelists, I guess you could call it. Um, so coming up with new strategies of like, what is it that could help them? What are some tools and resources that I feel capable of, you know, creating or um you know, figuring out how to create anyway, or figure out who to ask to help me, um, that kind of thing. And that could actually make a difference and help them out. And by that, then they say, you know, oh, we love GoDP. They help us with so many things. They have these great templates, that kind of stuff. Um, so, so on my runs, I guess, bringing it back to that, a lot of times I'm thinking about that and thinking about, oh, what are some other things that we know that this would help them, but I have no idea how to create that or where to even take that. And then on a run, I might think, oh, you know, who knows about that? Some thought that would never come into my head and be like, oh, I'm going to reach out to them. Um, and it's just, you know, when you're outside of the computer screen desk situation, you have different thoughts, like different um, avenues open up and new solutions kind of present themselves. Emily, is running for you something you can do right from your home? I mean, I know you said you live in suburban Atlanta, so I know you can just you know run outside your house. Or are you the kind of person that wants to go and drive to the trail? And where I'm getting at with this is when you need that mental shift, when you need that break time, is that just running clothes on, shoes on, out the door? Mom will be back in whenever she's back. Or is it, you know, pack the bag, grab the water, get the keys, make sure I've got my cell phone. What is, what is, what does that escape approach look like for you or that rebalance approach look like? Yeah, for me, it's really just throwing on my running clothes and shoes and getting out the door. Um, I live in, yeah, like, like I said before, like the heart of the suburbs. So we do have, and it's a big suburb, suburban neighborhood. So we have, I mean, if I wanted to run like every single sidewalk in this neighborhood, it would probably be a marathon, you know, if I ever did that, but I, I don't, <laughs> but there's plenty of it. And we have a little trail system thing here. So I do get to, sometimes I'll run on the road and then come back on the trails, that kind of thing. Um, I do love being able to jump in the car and go somewhere beautiful and really disconnect. And, and that's something that I don't get to do as often. Um, but I do 
I, I, I treasure those moments because they are something I would do. I did before having children and my husband and I would do it together and it'd be great. And that's something we don't get to do too often now, but. Do you yeah. have a running group or running friends that you go with? Um, not here, not here in Georgia. So we're, I still feel like we're pretty new. Um, but, uh, in, when I was living in Barcelona, I would run with friends there. I didn't have an actual group, but there were, I had some different friends here and there and say, Hey, I'm going to go for a run. Do you want to join? And we could, we could go together, but here it's kind of just when I see the opportunity, I grab it and go <laughs> no time to wait around. Emily, what's your, what's your involvement with the WordPress community? I know you said that your travel blog was the impetus to kind of get into WordPress and blogging and the software side of things. And I, I know that you're active now through your job in the WordPress community, but how did, how did the technology uh, or what was the journey from those initial blogging days to involvement with the community? What did that look like for you? Um, yeah, so I would say I didn't really get involved until starting with GoWP. Um, I don't think I realized there was such a community when I had my blog. Um, I knew a little bit about it. I knew of Matt Mullenweg. I, you know, um, listened to some of his interviews and stuff. I really admired the WordPress project and had an idea of what was going on, but I didn't really know about WordCamps. I didn't know about the thousands and thousands of people that are in this community and that are so wonderful. So it was in my first WordCamp that I went to was, um, I think it was, it was in, it was WordCamp US and it was in Nashville. So it was WordCamp US 2018, I guess it would have been. And I was just three months into the job with GoWP. So that was like, you know, just jump in the deep end of the pool. Um, and I very much had that imposter syndrome feeling when I got there like everybody was best friends. I had no idea what was going on, you know, and I didn't realize that if you're there, you're best friends with everybody. That's just how it is, right? Like you just say hi and everyone's friendly and everybody's welcoming. So I felt very much as an outsider to the community and didn't want to um, kind of impose myself, right? So I don't, I didn't, I wasn't able to make the most of that first WordCamp experience. And I knew it when I was there and I knew it when I got home, but I've been to many more now and I feel absolutely at home. And I just, I love that everybody's just there and willing to help each other. And, and, and it's, it's great. I mean, it's really one of the best things I've gotten from, from working with OWP. WordCamp US or WordCamp Europe, I've never been, but I imagine these enormous WordCamps can be a bit much as a starting point. Yeah, I could see being overwhelmed yeah. by that in a hurry. Like, how do all of you know each other? This is exactly, weird. that's what it felt like. It felt like everybody knew each other. Everybody went to high school together and I was this outsider. <laughs> yeah. Emily, I'm gonna uh, change gears and ask you another one of our, our signature questions, which is about advice. So if you can share with us, if you have any advice that you've received and implemented in your life that's meant something to you that we can pass on to our listeners. Yeah, so this one, I would have to say that I got this when I was working at <clears throat> eDreams, which is a, um, it's an online travel agent in Europe. They're the biggest one in Europe. So it's kind of like the Priceline or Orbitz, I guess, of Europe. And I was working there as a, um, what was my, I can't remember my title, a 
content creator, copywriter. Um, I was doing like the, the content on the site um, and the app for them. And they had their own, you know, in-house built CMS. So everything was very um, specific to that company. So nothing I'd ever worked with before. Um, and, and you had to, you know, do everything via spreadsheets, right? All of the content on spreadsheets, it was just very foreign to anything I had done before. And I remember one time I, you know, updated the content, updated the CMS and basically like a whole page crashed. And like, this is a page, like literally millions of people look at <laughs> and, and nobody knew that it happened except for me. I was like, oh, and my coworker, um, Roy, who had been working there for quite some time. It's like, oh my God, Roy. And it was like, you know, right after I'd finished onboarding, this happened. And it was just because I put a comma somewhere that, you know, it didn't belong or something. And I was like, oh my God, Roy, I, you know, I crashed the site. Like, this is crazy. <laughs> and he was just like, he's like, did you fix it? I was like, yeah, yeah, it's fixed. Like, it's fine now. And he's like, what's the big deal? I was like, well, like this, I don't, like it was down for like maybe an hour or something. And you know what? He's like, what's the big deal? He's like, did you fix it? And I'm like, yeah. And, you know, and just that, concept of like you're working in this company it's a seven-story building every you know thousands of people working there millions of people using the site I did something that had a huge impact you know but like what's what's the big deal it's fixed okay um yeah like did anybody die no did like what happened nothing it wasn't like something that cost them money actually it wasn't like the order sheet was down or anything like that and it was just that whole idea of like what's the big deal? What's the worst that can happen? Can you fix it? Fix it and move on. Like the stress, the worry, all of that is completely unnecessary and like just hurting yourself and not helping anything. And so I have like taken that and just applied it like to whatever I'm feeling stressed. I'm just like, nope, not a big deal. Zen, relax, like everything's going to be okay. Yeah. That's great advice. I think, especially when you're working on a website, it's easy to think that it's that everybody's paying attention to every little thing and um, yeah, to blow it out of proportion is easy yeah. to do. Yeah. There is yeah. no clock, like the clock that ticks on our head when the mm -hmm. website is down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, it's, it's a hard one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Thanks for sharing everything. Um, it's really been great chatting with you and we're winding down on the, the end of our interview time today. It's been great seeing you again and I hope to be able to run with you in person sometime again sometime soon but, I know me too yeah it's a strange time it's a strange time thanks for sharing your exciting adventures and I hope you have many more and uh, where can people find you online Emily yeah so um the best place to find me is I guess on Twitter I'm Emalihu E-M-A-L-I-H-U so it's my three Emily Alicia Hunkler so like the first letters from each of those <laughs> and then um other than that on facebook i'm in the niche agency owners facebook group every day doing stuff there that's the community we've built with GoWP. um so those are the best two places to find me great thanks emily thanks so much for joining us what a pleasure to get to know you a little bit thanks for your time thank you guys this has been so much fun thank thanks. you so much bye bye-bye thanks for listening to the show we sure hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you like what we're doing here, meeting new people in our WordPress community, we invite you to tell others about it. We're on iTunes and at hallwaychats.com. Better yet, ask your WordPress friends and colleagues to join us on the show. 
encourage them to complete the Beyond the Show form on our site to tell us about themselves.